0: the inside podcast episode 32 now jacob this is a very special episode you know i wasn't going to bring it up i'm going to bring it up go ahead all right three two one happy Happy birthday birthday, Jacob. jacob Ooh. Wow. It's Jacob's birthday today. Thank it's you. It's like man. a palindrome because it's episode 32, Jacob's turning 23. Nice. It's it's incredible. Nice. Now, Jacob, you're not the most special person in the room, unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately not, and I'm completely okay <laughs> with that. Uh, we do have a very, very special Emphasis guest. on the very, actually, we have a very, 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 very special,
0: special guest. guest. Very, 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 three verys because this is the, his third time on the podcast. Please put your hands together for Brian B. Marbs Marvin.
2: Oh, thank you guys for the warm welcome. Yep. You know, I was very reluctant to come back on the show after the, <laughs> after some of that drama that we got into the uh, the other the other day.
1: Yeah, you know, uh well, I did I mean, I'm sure you've heard my apologies for the, you know, referring to as a quote a garbage guest. Uh, you know, hopefully I don't know what your thoughts were that of,
2: of that apology, but I mean, they I'm, were sincere, Mr. Mr. Marbon. Oh, I well, I really appreciate that. And I'd also like to add that this goes out to Peter as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Peter was included as one of those those early guests. Oh so. my goodness! Yeah, so.
0: you did kind of drop the ball on Peter there too, Jacob. What was so? What did I say? I don't you even. You said the, the you said the garbage guests were Peter and Brian. The early oh. guests. yeah. <laughs> wait, I've really said that about you. Peter? Did say, yeah, yeah? Go back. You can listen to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh, so yeah, would... bro. I got the evidence, bro. I got the. Re- <laughs> oh, yeah, I, got I the guess receipts. the evidence is out there. So well, Jacob, I would encourage you right now to apologize to Peter. Uh,
1: Peter, you know, huh, I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I might I'm not sorry. take that bit. Yeah, he was a very good guest. The <laughs> no, good thing
0: great. is, you know, the Inside Podcast stock, we're going back up, you know, there's a good dip, a lot of people bought, so that was a good thing right there. Oh yeah. Um but apologies were made and, you know, Brian publicly accepted apology, our Instagram got bombed with a copypasta. Um you know, it was it was a time, but I think we all came out of this as a stronger um, Podcasts, absolutely, and stronger people all together
1: And now we have him back. So well, that's I
2: mean, right. That's right. <laughs> we just reached full circle, and I couldn't be happier. We all made amends. Yes. yes, that's right. Yeah.
0: Now, Brian, seeing that you, we just kind of fixed this relationship right here, or this fixed this kind of atmosphere of the podcast. You, not you, don't necessarily fix things at your work, but you make sure things will stay fixed.
3: Right? Yeah, that
2: that's right. And you know, as as this is the third time that I've been on this podcast, I feel like nobody really knows what the heck I'm doing these yeah, days. What
0: do you do, Brian? How can you explain what you do?
2: Yeah, so my official title is engineering project handler. Oh. And while that, that, all, so professional. While that all professional while that all sounds professional words. and fancy, I assure you it is not anything <laughs> of the sort. <laughs> you know, I went to school, I as I studied mechanical engineering uh at UIC. Uh that was a grind and it sucked a lot, but You know, I thought I would really be applying technical knowledge. But if anything, what I'm doing nowadays is more so problem solving. And I get to work with a lot of clients. uh, And pretty much what we work on is ensuring that products are safe for either residential or commercial uses, in particular uh, things that have to do with housing. So tonight when you're sleeping... I want you to thank me. <laughs> like, please make sure before you close your eyes for the last time that you thank me for yeah. making sure that your house, if God forbid it were to set on fire, that nothing would ever happen to it. Of course.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. You know, Brian, I was cleaning out my um, record player and all my um, like interfaces for the record player and all that. I forget what these things are called. What's that called there? I, I even forget. What was it? It's a... And analyzer and amplifier. Amplifier. Yeah, that's the one. It was dusty back there. Long story I was cleaning back of it, and I saw your company sticker on the back, right out of the '70s. You're still going strong today. Incredible. That is right.
1: You were doing work in this company even before you were born, Brian. <laughs> that's amazing.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm very, I'm very grateful to be a part of such a recognized brand and uh, contribute to the good work that they're doing to keep everyone safe. You know, that was something that was really important to me, uh, in becoming an engineer. You know, I want to make the world around me a better place and to ensure that, like, as we move forward, we keep improving the our, our quality of life, and just in general, everyone's going to stay safe because of the work uh, my company does, so I really like that. Sure, yeah. yeah.
0: So, Brian, you mentioned problem solving. I want to kind of go into a little bit more. When you say problem solving, is this, like, logical problem solving, or do you have, like, pencil and paper doing math problems or with this, or what kind of problem solving are you doing?
2: Yeah, so it's something that you don't really learn in school. It's more so of working as a as a team with other individuals uh, at, at my work and with clients to kind of get on the same page about what exactly they want. And a lot of things may come of that. You might hit some road bumps where they want one thing and you want the other thing. And you have to come to a compromise to ensure that, first of all, it's always the customer's needs that are most important in, in our line of business, but also that at the end of the day, we are the professionals. We are like the people that are the authority in the industry. And so our our judgment is really important to them, and it holds a lot of weight in their respective industries. Mm-hmm. So it's sure. more so along those lines. I'm not sitting there crunching numbers, thankfully. I did enough of that in college. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really interesting line of work. I'd say it's more so like consulting, um, not really something I really planned to do. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought I was going to go really into the, like, the heavy technical side. I took, I mean, I took a lot of math courses in my time at college, and I felt like I excelled in that. But... I think what I was looking forward to towards in the future was more so like just being a someone that could work with people yeah. and like build good connections and eventually like you know be a leader in the industry and kind of build myself up to just making like systems as a whole or a company as a whole like a better place. And so I think this is a good starting point for me and I really hope I can be here for a long time.
1: That's great, man. That sounds fantastic. Uh I so when it, when you say problem solving like I, the the idea of problem solving it's like it's it's new every time you, a new problem appears at your desk pretty much every right. time. So has there ever been a time where you're like, wow, I really, I mean, you're, you're working with a team, which I'm sure yeah. helps a lot. But was there a problem it's like, wow, I really just can't figure this out right now?
2: oh yeah certainly i mean when you're starting out at first it's like it's like drinking water through a fire hose you know (laughs) (laughs) like you're just seeing you're just seeing all sounds like a dream come true not (laughs) gonna (laughs) lie oh jacob's like sign me up right now bro get me in there (laughs) but like at first you know it's like a completely new industry to me like my background so far uh has been in like manufacturing i've gotten to experience stuff like that but now going into a completely new industry where we're working with like a variety of customers and products things i've honestly never seen and especially because of the pandemic we've been at home and we've been really limited in the opportunities i've had to like go into the office and see like oh what is this product i'm working with today or you know things of, the, of that sort and so i mean just at first man i was i was looking at these reports like 30 odd page reports Just reading and reading and I'm like, what am I even looking at? I just see words that don't mean anything to me. (laughs) And so over time, you know, you work with the right people and they they help you out to understand. And I think the biggest like learning curve is just understanding like the kinds of like language that's associated with every project. Because once you once you kind of get that basis down, you can start to like piece things together. So you see a really odd request and you're just like, hmm, like I've never done that before. But then you kind of break it down into pieces and you're like, all right, you know, it's something along the lines of this. We've seen something like this similar. And because the company is like so established over so many years, there was bound to be at least one person that's like seen this before. Sure. And so that's made it a lot easier. Just like, hey, I know this guy's been here for 30 years. I'll ask him. I'm sure he's seen this. And he pulls out a report. He's like, yep, I did this 20 years ago. Here it (laughs) is. Like, just follow this. I'm like, sweet. It's the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. I love it. Yeah, man.
0: So Brian, you're talking oh, go ahead, Jacob, sorry.
2: Sorry,
1: I, I was I was gonna say I had a similar experience, not with like a full time job, but like uh an internship I had. It was at a uh a veterans hospital. And the guy I was working with who I, I gotta catch up with, he was a really, really good mentor of mine. Um, such a absolute genius that it, like the, the the without going into too much detail, like the sector he was working with involved so much, you know, he it was he was of course, you know, in the hospitals he had to know a ton about like all things medical related and he was you know he was a lawyer so he just like knew anything that happened to do with like law and he combined those two things as well as like many other just like business ideas as well and just like explained them all to me within like a couple hours i'm like all right man you just gotta know about this this and that and i was like what the heck like i didn't know like half of the words he was spewing out of his mouth Mm -hmm. but it was like so it wasn't his fault he was like absolute genius like explaining it so well but i couldn't take it all in at, at that first day like that orientation day I was like wow
0: oh I man without a doubt like there's a Brian you can probably relate to this but I can relate to this in like the, the music realm where there is you know kind of normal talk and there's like jargon talk sure right? I could start talking about music and be like oh yeah you know this one song really incorporates the, the dominant seventh and the flat two is really you know sharper here than the, the timbre of this one guitar from 1972 with these labella flat one strings like okay come on man. Yeah. like no like let's 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 talk English right here right like you know there's that kind of jargon talk
1: yeah and he implemented that but it was like it wasn't even like jargon talk it was just like wow i mean it was so hard to follow but it was like he was explaining himself so well and um i mean i'm sure that's what you would expect in any position like i feel like it's so nuanced based on what uh um job you pick up you know every company's different and they got all sorts of different problems and different like management and stuff and and different things to solve so um I'm 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 ready for that uh, uh fire hose. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway. as long as it has water. Yeah, as, as long as it has water, That's That's right.
2: That's
0: right. Now, Brian, you mentioned something earlier and I kind of want to go back to this. You're talking about you're sending just a bunch of emails right before you came here. Just you're just banging on emails, oh, yeah. right? And I I had a memory just just kind of popped into my mind to where I was um I was in freshman. I uh, was like, uh, was it was a um, oral training class, and the professor of my class was kind of this younger cat, super hip cat. Um, and one day he was just kind of starting class with the band of the students. He was like, you know what? Why don't college students just send me emails? Like, hey man, what's up? How you doing? You know. <laughs> he was kind of like treating email as like this, you know, hipper form of texting. He was like, you know, I'm your professor. If you have any questions, you can just email me. Like, hey man, and like, hey, wh- what's going on? Just, uh, just say hey. I got a question, you know? Why is it so formal? Like, dear Dr. blah, blah, blah. I have a question for you. How are your day? Hope your day is doing really well. I hope it's really swell. The weather is so nice today. And you, you have, like, a paragraph to paragraph to paragraph, like, explaining your question. And the professor emails you back. Yep. Hey, yep. Sounds good. <laughs> sent, from, you know? sent from iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian, do you have any, like, pet peeves with, like, email etiquette? Or, you, like, wait, man, I wish if I was sending an email it could just be, like, one sentence. That's acceptable. Or do you need to have, like, the hello and the goodbye and the sincerely? Or, like what's What's your email etiquette? What's your oh, email? etiquette
2: Oh man, this is this is actually a very interesting like topic for me because I feel like it's something that it's been hard to get used to for me. Uh, I mean, uh, now that we've been in the pandemic for like a year, uh, I still haven't gotten used to like being away from people in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Like for example, just like the one of my last memories that I had at at UIC was like working with my team members on like our senior design project. And like, you know, we're texting, we're like seeing each other in person every other day. And just like that kind of relationship was easy to form. But now you have to go and email some person from a different company who you don't know how they are. You know, I, I sit there and type an email for like maybe 20 minutes, like deleting sentences. I'm like, oh, wait, that's going to sound weird. Like it's, oh, they're going to think something like of me or, oh, that doesn't yeah. sound right. I just like overthink every, even as simple as like an IM to one of my coworkers. I have a hard time just, like, feeling confident and sending it. But then, like, you know, you get the opportunity to talk with some of the customers on the phone. And this guy's like, hey, what's up, man? How's yeah. it going? Like, you know, <laughs> oh, have a great weekend. Or, like, you know, just, like, <laughs> super chill dudes. And, like, everyone's, like, just super, like, like super, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? They're just, like, super nice people, you like know? More like, vibrant. Yeah, more vibrant, vibrant than yeah. their emails are just, like like, you know, back and forth emails every day with some people. And then you finally get to talk to them, like, oh, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah, and that's something that's been hard to get used to because I'm very bad at like, like uh, accepting someone's response to what I say. Sometimes I'll like, I'll take it the wrong way, or I'm just like, oh no, this guy thinks I'm stupid, or something. <laughs> oh. or, you know, like, I just constantly overthink like any kind of communication when it comes to like a professional setting. Sure, and, like yeah. kind of like that example you gave. You know, like you email your professor super cordially and everything. And it's just, like, okay, you know, <laughs> or something like that. It's it's really funny, but I think it is something that's going to change as I go back into the office and things get a little bit better. I get to meet some of my coworkers. Like, it was a weird thought I had. Like, I started last August. Um, some of these people are going to have no clue what I look like after working with them for an entire wow. year. Mm-hmm. Or th- they might have seen me, like, in a team meeting where we had our cameras on or, or whatnot, but they're not going to know, like, how I am, like – My kind of humor because like i mean i'd like to just show the kind of person i am when i go to the office but we've just been iming or like emailing each other for the past year you know it's going to be interesting to get used to how people are in person sure Yeah. yeah yeah
1: and this is obvious but everyone i mean everyone's different and their communication their methods of communication are pretty different as well so like what i tend to do you know I overthink all the time yeah. too when it comes I'm like I'm like drafting emails even if it's like for a small thing asking for something i was like oh you know I got to make sure it sounds right and you know and I deliver the message I actually want to deliver I do that too but um I always try to like adjust to that specific person because I feel like some people are very detailed in emails and like some uh, uh, like bosses I've had are just like one one to two lines and and they like put spaces in, in between each line so it's very easily mm-hmm. you could e- read it easily type thing and they're just very very quick and business-like. but um, yeah I mean <laughs> adjusting to that's very very fun, very interesting. Okay,
0: Brian, I got a question just popping in my mind. Yeah imagine an app just like Snapchat. But it's used by companies for communication, right? Okay. Well, so now think about s- this. <laughs> yeah,
2: explain, explain. But think about this.
0: Like sometimes in emails, you gotta like attach like a file, or you need to attach like a picture of like, hey, I have this product that, you know, it's broken, and this you know pipe or something is kind of an email. You gotta take a picture. You gotta put in the email, and it's this is a process, but. Like, corporate Snapchat come on think about <laughs> it corporate Snapchat and that'll kind of open up like the door to be more fun and vibrant with your communication you know and everybody knows that every employee is already just wasting their time with Snapchat anyway so it's like you know you might as well be efficient with your, your time wasting right interesting <laughs> well, what do so you think corporate so you, Snapchat
2: so you send a picture or something like what's wrong with this shit lol <laughs> 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 and you just get like a picture of some dude's like forehead yeah no yeah, right. like, <laughs>
0: reply yeah it's like the thing with the, you have your phone like down your chest and you kind of looks <laughs> yeah yeah it was like idk bro idk (laughs) bro (laughs) i mean that figured out i
2: I think that is something that a lot of companies like will kind of you know they 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 stress a lot early on like being professional and like all those kinds of things but then like i i talked to some of my coworkers and i'll just mention like a client oh yeah that guy you know i've known him for 25 years like i've visited him and his company and like oh let me give him a call then they just talk like they're like best buds you know Mm -hmm. like that's that's like something that's super interesting like I'm kind of like adding on to what Jacob said like I feel like you do have to like tailor the way you respond based on like how well you know a person and stuff like that like I have a guy who like I call almost like every other day if I need help or he needs to like check something out for me and every every time it's just like hey man like what's up like a super like super chill guy you know tells me about his life all the time and there's other people who like strictly work all the time like oh, I have a question about this and then they give me an answer and we go on our way so you know, it's really interesting to kind of meet different people and get a sense of, like, who they are, like, outside of work and inside of work.
0: Without a doubt, yeah. I mean, like, there's a there's a spectrum with dealing with people. On one side, it's, like, the totally professional, always using, you know, re- respect and, and Mr. and Mrs. and all, of the, all of that jazz. And the other side is, like, the friendly banter where you can, like, hey, what's, what's going on, buddy? Oh, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing and it's always going to be acceptable to deal with people on that other side of the spectrum like professional side and i guess once you get to know them better you can kind of dip into the more you know friendly thing and it's kind of interesting too that i think people relate more or not relate more but they v- reverberate more with that kind of friendly home kind of feeling instead of being pro- always professional always strict Getting to know your clients, their families. Hey, how's your son doing? Didn't you have a soccer game or tournament going up? You know, like, people like that. People like those those little
1: conversations. So I actually wrote a, a paper, give or take, on that same topic on, <laughs> no way. on company culture. Uh, it was more in regards to, like, mergers, like, companies merging together sure, okay. versus, like, acquisitions and whatnot. But I I research. Actually, I can't believe that we're bringing Whoa, up research.
0: Up. You have research for the Inside I'm Podcast? I'm bringing up
1: research on the Inside Podcast. I don't know about I know. that, Jake. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring it here because this is, like, the one thing I finally feel like I'm contributing. But um, I'm contributing, and what I'm going to say is, like, zero contribution at all. As it turns <laughs> out, it's, like, pretty tough to have those sort of uh, – um, those sort of studies where you're finding out, okay, is it actually better to have like a boss who's very strict and wants you to get the job done or you're going to get, you know, you're at risk of being fired or something. you very, very tense work environment versus a very casual one where it's like, oh, for, you know, like, oh, you missed this deadline. Oh, you know, forget about it. or like just add, treat you like a friend type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, you know, treat it like as a binary, like casual versus strict type thing. And I mean, I found studies that are just like, oh, yeah, all day uh casual like you know very very like that is the ideal workspace and then i've seen other ones where just like yeah like you see a lot more uh production from the other side so it's very it's pretty inconclusive in 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 um uh in these types of studies, it's pretty hard to, to gauge that mm-hmm. um, culture in general is like very hard to quantify, you know. Yeah, I mean, so it's like a, it's a tough one. But we already kind of had this
0: conversation about like horoscopes and all that. It's so difficult to kind of you know, quantify people's personalities. Yeah,
1: right, right. But uh, in in sight, cy- well, I don't know. I mean, to com- <laughs> I'm not gonna compare psychological studies to horoscopes, but anyway, we you know, we could, I'm not gonna go down that. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so. I I did pick and choose that. Oh, having a casual workspace is better. I did pick and choose some articles that supported that notion. Okay, so your paper
0: was biased.
1: It was a little bit biased because I liked (laughs) that vision of it. And in well, for me personally, it does um, encourage me to do better work because I feel like that's my friend. That's the person I don't want to let down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't want to like disappoint or whatever. Versus like a guy like ah, you know, f that guy. You know, I he can whatever stick like you try to. uh uh, cut corners when it's like an enemy you try to cut corners and just like give work to get by i feel um when it's like someone who's like your enemy or like your boss versus your friends like ah, you know i want to show this guy that i i got what it takes and sure yeah brian
0: where would you set your dial on the casual to like strict corporate lifestyle
2: i feel like that dial is like always changing you know depending Mm -hmm. on like what kind of situation you're in like i'd say when it's like working with new people and stuff like I'm very like corporate at first but then once they hear they talk to me and they realize oh he's just like a 23 year old kid like <laughs> yeah. like you know let's be a little let's be a little nicer and stuff like that so it's yeah there's a lot of give and take you know like especially starting out I'm still learning a lot and uh, it's great to have like good mentors out there um that's something like, I really appreciate about working on like a team it's, like, kind of going along with, like, what Jacob's saying. Like, you want to work and do better work for your friends. You know, like, you guys are in it together. And I kind of get that idea at my company. Like, we're a smaller team, not that many of us. So, like, all of us are working together to, like, make the end goal for us. And that's, like, obviously to do well uh, and help the company and stuff. But I feel like everyone bought in, like buys into that idea. Mm-hmm. And that just makes, like, the culture overall, like, better. People, like, will... Like help each other pick up any, any extra work that needs to be done, and stuff like that. There's never any like hostility that I've that I've noticed so far. Yeah. So I mean, that's that all contributes to like a good environment for someone young and that wants to learn. So yeah. I really like it.
1: I think it should be noted too, if you're starting out in the job, industry, like you probably shouldn't try to go for the casual side right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Um Call your call your boss, homie. Yeah. yeah what's <laughs> up, buddy? And I'll get to see you. Thanks for hiring me, buddy. Like you know, <laughs> glad to get to work. You know, but uh, yeah, it's probably start in the more uh, conservative and and, and uh, restricted side to to you know let things ease up a, as time yeah. goes on. I had this
0: memory that just popped in my mind. Um, that is like directly relating to this even though it's not like a job i took a class in college it was a world history class and my professor like the first day um he had to do this little thing in class it was like okay on your thing i want to learn your name so write down like your name uh, where you're from why you're here and like your favorite art or something like that because like, this guy was like a like he was a vinyl head he had a bunch of vinyls loved music oh, sure. and all that so I, at that time in my life i was like okay i'm gonna stump my professor i'm gonna write down a majamal He was a piano player, jazz piano player. I was Mm -hmm. really into a a majumal at that time. So he was like, name and ever like, oh, I know, yeah, Billy Joel. Yeah, I know Billy Joel, of course. Oh, I know, um, uh, I forget other people, but he was just like, left and right like knowing people knowing all these artists i'm like yes i'm gonna be that one kid in class who stumped the professor with a Jamal. And he was like Amad Jamal. he's my favorite piano player oh my goodness live <laughs> of the person great album and i was like oh come on, come on. <laughs> so afterwards i went up to him and we had like a great conversation about jazz he told me about he loved joe henderson which he you know, gave me a heart on he loved <laughs> like um the music of john colch and everything we just we just talked about jazz for like 10 minutes after class it was beautiful and ever since then i was like I had this pressure. I felt like I needed to complete every assignment early or make sure it's on time. Every test I take has to be like, great i have to study for everything because there's like another level of like okay i have this friendly relationship with this professor he knows i'm the jazz i don't want to give people who like jazz a bad name or whatnot for failing his (laughs) class or whatnot but it's i I felt this this weight that like okay i have talked to him i've made a relationship with him therefore i need to do well in his class because it would just feel weird if i was you know getting apps or turning in assignments late you know yeah
1: it's really interesting and and to go even deeper well there's this uh kind of going off into the deep end there's this teacher that i had was a history teacher complete bs course i just took it you know whatever and i didn't expect much of it at all but he turned out to be one of my favorite professors ever and i i know well you you had this uh social interaction with him i never even talked to the dude um and i just like felt this energy that he was so invested in what he was teaching in and just brought so much to the classroom and he just made me based on how he was teaching he made me want to learn and contribute Uh, um so there's there's a lot to it when it comes to having like some sort of leader some sort of uh, teaching figure or you know anyone based on how they um, interact either with you or with the work that they do it can bring out the best or the worst in you and I think it's a really interesting thing it's hard to kind of again quantify this and just like bring values to like how much how much action should you be doing here to bring out the best in you it's really different for everyone obviously Mm -hmm. but I I just thought that was a really cool
2: thing oh yeah I mean in college man like that I feel like I've experienced that so many different times where like I had a professor who like right off the bat I'm like I don't care if I do anything in this dude's class yeah. he's just like he doesn't care yep. like I just got like a really bad vibe from him like from right off the rip or something and then you like come across a professor who's like super invested and like they want they want the best for you they actually care they'll talk to you outside of class. And I'm like oh my god you're a saint I don't want to let you down <laughs> yeah. and, and so I'll we'll do had, anything for you <laughs> yeah like I, I had a professor like that and she was like she was like the best and like every class that I took with her I'd even like completely messed up my schedule to take a class with her wow um and like it definitely paid off because like I actually learned something you know like I I tried my hardest to understand things because it seemed like she was invested in it and so if I see that I'm like well I don't want to waste their time and that's something that's like Really, like I guess, established inside of me for a long time. I mean, going back to like band in high school, like we saw how committed like Mr. Logan was, yeah. And we we're just like, dang, like this dude's got a fire under him. Like we need to match that energy, and we need to like do our part to not let anybody else down. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that kind of principle is like something that like I really, I'm really inspired by. Like I see someone doing good work and wanting to make a change for, for us really, like for for like my classmates for, for the university, and you're just like, dang. I got to work my ass off like yeah. I need to make yeah, this yeah. person's like investment in me like worthwhile yeah. and that's kind of how I mean it sounds kind of weird to say that but I do see that as like an investment in me like you're you're like I wouldn't say like taking a chance on me but you're like I support you I believe in you that feels so good I'm like okay let's go like I, I'll do my best and I'll try my best to like I guess like pay that back in a, in a way.
1: Yeah. And what I find the most interesting is like not, it's not verbal at all. Like it's, you know, it's like these leaders we mentioned, those that like affect us strongly to do like great things. It's never like, like at least from my experience, like do this, do that. Like it's always like we create this like sort of image and then like this, in, uh, um this drive within ourselves to do that based on just like their behavior, yeah, which their is actions. like, yeah, which is super cool. I just think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Leadership. That's a. It's a really tough skill to develop, um, and I don't know if I would ever be at that sort of. Ca- I feel like maybe I would bring that sort of energy, like I guess in a like the positive energy, like oh man, the guys, this is cool, like you know. But <laughs> I feel like I'd, I'd be missing some elements that would. I mean it. it it's a skill like anything else. So I think you
0: gotta approach it like you approach a cat. You know, if
1: you okay, if you sure. go up to a
0: cat and you try and give a cat your attention, the cat's gonna like go away from you. you yeah. Know? But if you're like, No, I don't need I don't need your cat. You know, you kinda ignore a cat, that cat's gonna be curious <laughs> at you and it's gonna kinda walk up to you and try and see what, what's going on. But you gotta act un- uninterested. Mm. You gotta I think Need to. I mean, it's not like a one-to-one correlation, but if you try and force down, like, man, Jacob, jazz is so cool. You gotta listen to jazz. It's so cool. You know, you're probably gonna be like, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, Paul. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I no, mean, no, I know you're like that anyway. Well, I mean, well, Paul, you're. I mean, it's a great example. Let's just say that. Let's just say it's a great example. But like, if you show people, I think, I mean, this can apply to anything. I'm gonna use jazz because that's my my best, you know, applicable thing I can do. But if you're like, yeah, you know, it's just so interesting, and you you kind of tell stories and you tell your own experiences of what you've studied or what you have found like you know if you listen to this one record you can hear it, this guy directly influenced or the sample in this hip-hop thing it's cool how this music influenced the music from the 90s and you kind of create this storyline and you explain your interest instead of saying like essentially this is cool you need to check it out that's not that interesting but if you make that story those connections and you kind of set it up in, the, in a way of like hey there's something out there that's cool you might want to check it out
1: yeah yeah, there's a lot to that for sure. And I don't oh man. Yeah, like said, yeah, leadership and teaching, all these oh man. It, it's so hard to just write down step by step what to do. Like I said, everyone's different, everyone's got different teaching strategies or leadership mm-hmm. strategies. You know, talk
0: about leadership. I kinda wanna move this sub this topic into another topic. Okay. But I can connect it with leadership. Okay, know? go for it. So we elect leaders, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's right. We elect leaders. We do. do we? And okay. there's some leaders in, in a state that I'm like, I don't know if uh, they're not they're they're not being leaders right now. What's the story, Paul? So the story now keep in mind I just saw the headline. I didn't read the article in Which classic is,
2: inside podcast fashion. Uh, yeah, it's what there we will we be want. a correction next podcast. Episode. <laughs> Most likely, yeah.
0: But um I did read the comments on Reddit and it, it did seem like w- the article headline was accurate. You got the gist. Yeah, I did get the gist. <laughs> yeah. So essentially what I saw was that there was um, a law passed, I believe it was in the state of Georgia, stating that it is now illegal to give water to people who are waiting in line to vote.
1: Well, as the local water expert, I just find that absolutely repulsive. Really, Absolutely, Jacob? absolutely how, disgusting. How
0: so? How, how do you find that
1: repulsive? I mean, listen, okay. Imagine a situation... Where there is someone who is dying of thirst, and they are doing their civic duty, they are they are putting that over drinking some water. Which I don't know who in the right mind would do that, but you know what? Some people <laughs> who love their country would do that. Okay, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna deny them that, I mean, just the magic of drinking water when you're just parched. Let it, maybe standing outside in, in the blazing hot heat in, in Georgia. I mean. How, to to make that a lot to make that illegal maybe make it frowned upon maybe maybe make it like kind of like ah you know maybe you shouldn't do that maybe like uh i don't know like a like a street roll or something like a you know like a <laughs> like a how you say kind of um, like
0: you don't drink drinks that people give to you that you don't see how they mix it like yeah like you know know,
1: you can maybe make like a little warning or something oh you shouldn't do but to make it illegal make it where when a a police officer is walking by this line of people and he sees like oh you seem parched (laughs) let me give you water (laughs) he gets gets absolutely yeah (laughs) bodied like just destroyed in in america of course where else yeah um so uh wow i mean i'm just when you when you told me that headline paul I am just for all my fellow hydro homies out there. I mean, we've that it, it's just quite disgusting. And well, frankly, I will never be visiting Georgia mm-hmm. ever.
0: I think the logic behind it was like, let's say you know you got the orange party and you got the the yellow party, right? Okay. And you're you're voting orange, right? Or you go in there, you're going to vote orange, but like I said, it's a hot day, it's scorching out there. You know, you're parched, and someone sort of from the yellow party comes up and says, "Hey, would you like some water?" And then you say, "Sure, I'll take some water," and that gives you time to think in line, you're like, "Wow." I was going to vote Orange Party, but Yellow Party person did some really nice. You know what? I'm going to change my vote. I think that's the logic that they're trying to use to, like... You know, people don't vote on issues of giving water. They vote on issues like, you know, gun rights or, or taxes, you know. They don't, they don't vote on, on, on giving water bottles. Let's be people. honest.
1: If someone's vote was changed based on one random person, like, hey, listen, have it be changed, you know, because <laughs> that's like a 50-50 vote anyway. You are weak. Yeah, you are <laughs> a weak. Come on, yeah. That's a 50-50
2: vote, you know, whatever, dude. I
0: don't know, Brian, what if you in that situation? Are you going to vote Orange Party and yellow guy dude, comes... Like-
2: literally donnie could like feed like hand feed me like water from freaking fiji just like (laughs) have it drip into my mouth i'm still gonna go vote for whoever the heck i want yeah i don't care who it is man (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying like i i my thoughts on this i i only have i have two questions why Yep. and how dare you yeah (laughs) that that is just sick it's a violation of human rights in my in my book I think it's just. Up. I
0: feel like Georgia is just, you know, just a touch butthurt of the results of the 2020 election.
1: Potentially, and yeah. maybe. Uh, um Maybe they believe the the amount of the, the water distribution sway the vote enough. <laughs> um, which I mean, if it did, God bless water even more. I mean, I love water even more now. Do water they, water was the deciding factor.
0: They have it.
2: this down to a science, it seems. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know what? If they're dehydrated, hmm, they, <laughs> they, they might they might vote for the other party. I don't know, Paul. That I mean,
1: what a. What a law that was passed. There's that, really I mean what else could you like you, you could read the article and try like try to get some sort of understanding, but the mm-hmm. law's the law's the law. The law's the law, yeah.
0: So we'll we're gonna give you an inside podcast, inside tip right here. Before you go to vote, make sure you drink yourself a glass of water. Exactly. So you don't get potentially swayed by or arrested for drinking water. Well, in yeah, well yeah, if you're <laughs> if
1: you're listening to this from the state of Georgia, um and you're first hearing of this law being passed, first of all, what an honor. To get your news, your local news, at uh, from the Inside Podcast, that's amazing. But uh, secondly, uh, pack your bags, get out of Georgia. the w- bunch of water haters, disgusting human beings, and they should not be uh, um, messed with at all.
0: I don't think it's the the, the citizens of Georgia; it's more like the the, the so called leaders, and well, I use air quotes. So right
1: there. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, like, all the citizens of Georgia should not give the leaders of Georgia any sort of anything at all. They should mm-hmm. just get out of there and leave it a barren wasteland. <laughs> Please come to Illinois. We have Lake Michigan here. It's great water. We do have Lake Michigan, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Very very good. Yeah. So, that's that's that little news story I kind of wanted to sprinkle in there. I think you would appreciate that one, Jacob. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. It's one of those like weird laws, you know. I feel like in a number of years that's going to, you know, um your laws like you can't eat a pizza on the second Tuesday of every month, you know, like those types of things. You, you remember, like, there's always, like, those kind of weird laws that just pop up. Like,
1: for, yeah, for some states, they got some, I, I feel like a lot of East Coast states got some weird stuff. Like, you got to eat, oh, there's this one, like. Illegal what, to have a pet pig if you're over the age of 32, you know. I, I saw one was, like, you can't eat, or you have to eat something with your tea, or something weird like that. I forget what it was. What? Like what? a. Like a that like, sounds a like a bagel British law. or something. That sounds like a British thing, right there. I'm oh, I'm almost certain it was like Vermont or something. Interesting. Yeah, I could be wrong. Who the hell
2: even lives up there? Weirdos.
1: Weirdos, get them out.
0: Brian, do you know any weird laws?
2: No, but I mean, honestly, in this country, I'm not surprised. Have the shit we're passing, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like they really are have nothing better better to do with their time. Like, really? It's not. Come on, there's like actual issues that we're all facing
3: true
0: no i mean apparently water is the most giving water in voting lines is the the thing they gotta they gotta be
1: passing there yikes politics is strange man yeah it is hate it we're not a we're
0: not a political podcast we're not much of
1: one and we're you know we're not necessarily experts on anything and politics
2: certainly is not but
0: we are experts in water that's why i want we are
2: experts on that's why we are speaking on it. yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's why that's
0: why we're speaking on it. and as water experts on this podcast this law is deplorable uh, please drink water if you're waiting in line to vote. Absolutely. It's always good to drink water. You that's know,
2: right. I, I wish we had a contact for who the heck we have to bombard with calls. <laughs> <laughs> like, We'll get all of the damn listeners on this podcast to like just sh- make calls, send emails, like help our people in Georgia out. Brian, that's I think right. you're on to
1: something. I think you're on to something
0: that's there. Right. That, that sounds that's like right. a brilliant that's idea. Sounds
2: like a project for the, for the next time, yeah? That's yeah. right. Let's, um, I think so.
0: Let's just send him, like, a water balloon in, like, a bucket, you know, (laughs) or in a a
2: package, right? Dude, we should read, like, the fine print of this law. What if it's something—what if it's, like, confined to, like, a certain kind of container, like a— like like a, like one of your water bottles. Sure. What if
1: they discussed
2: what is water and water? Oh isn't my goodness! Water? Like can you, sell,
0: can you sell Lacroix? Could you, you, could you give Lacroix? Could you give Lacroix if to they, the, Oh my god! <laughs> if you,
1: oh my god, we if they can, then that's that. I mean, that stumps your argument, Paul.
0: You know? Okay, but somebody on the Reddit comments did make the point that the law stated that you can't give water, but can you sell water? Mm-hmm. You know, and that this is where like, kind of the corporate America comes in. But that got me thinking. Like, okay, what if I go down there and I say, I'm selling water bottles for one dollar. And each bottle of water comes with a free dollar bill, you know? Yeah. So, like, they they pay $1 for the bottle of water, and I just, like, okay, here's a bottle of water and your- And your $1 bill, you know? Wow. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Because I'm not giving them water. They're buying water, so I'm I'm providing the service,
1: but- They must have a dollar bill in order to to make this exchange. Yeah. So they just get it back. Mm Mm-hmm maybe not the same
0: dollar bill because yeah. maybe that'd be Oh yeah, I'll have like a some some in my pocket you know like ready to go just just in case just in case. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like all right, good trade. <laughs> yeah, trade good good trade. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep.
0: Wow. But maybe we could give maybe that's that could be like a launching point for the to finally convince you Jacob, that Lacroix is water for giving people Lacroix in line to vote in Georgia and not well, getting arrested.
1: Paul, that would be the argument against it being water. So, yes, I would support that, right? right? Wait. Am I wrong? So if, if they don't get arrested, that means it course, isn't not. water. Dang it. You're yeah. right.
0: Paul. Then I don't want them to get arrested. If yeah, I get we don't trade. want anyone <laughs> to be arrested.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, well, if anyone should be arrested, it should be the lawmakers. Like, get them out of there. What are they doing? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. So. Moving on. We were talking a little bit about, you guys were actually talking about this last night. I had no idea what was going on. And I'm interested because it seems like you, t- you two are showing a passion in this and you got me interested, but I don't know what's going on. NBA trades. What's
1: going on? Brian's got it.
2: Uh, I mean I was I was at work yesterday and I decided to to turn on post notifications for a man known as Woj. Mm. If you're not familiar with Woj, Woj is a reporter for ESPN who pretty much gets all of the breaking news about anything that has to do with basketball. He is like I don't know, he must live inside of the some front offices or something and like like wiretap their phones or something cuz oh, he yeah. he is like him him and this other guy named Sh- who they call him shams, they're the two guys that are always like button heads about like being the first person to report the news uh, and so I had his tweet notifications on yesterday, and it was just like tweet after tweet after tweet, oh this player got traded to this team uh and I mean I'm a bulls fan, and we we acquired a a player yesterday as a part of those trades an all star um, an all star big all star yes. we we've
1: been missing out on like a good center. Yeah, for Vuce. some
2: quite some time, good old Vucevic, man. Yeah,
0: uh, keep me updated. Was our last good center D Rose or was <laughs> not it quite? Well, uh, hey, <laughs>
1: honestly,
2: it could have been. It could, hey, we're we're, we're pretty. <laughs> was, our, was our last like good center Joe Kim Noah? Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> yeah, and oh. I, I mean, mean he he, he was, was quite. He good. had his years. He had his years. years but that was quite some time so, ago. Brian.
0: My, okay, n- follow question. Why like now? Was there like a deadline for trades yes,
2: happening? So I'm not sure like why it is at this time of year, but. Their the trade deadline was yesterday at 2 p.m. and at 2 p.m. was the last time that any team could put in calls to have like a trade go through and be processed. And so, for whatever reason, just like anything in this country, people <laughs> wait until last they wait until the very last minute. Really,
0: I would have thought that would be something like if you do a trade early, you kind of lose some cards in your hand because like, oh, look at this team—they made a trade. We can offer him up something else, or they like yeah. know your move, you know, yes. so they could wait to last minute to get a better I trade.
1: Think, I think some. Uh, I don't know. There, there's some uh, like strategy like a, with it. Yeah, there's some strategy there, and I think a, a part of it too is like, yeah, some players get injured too, and um, you know their value decreases like a ton. I feel like if, if like uh, as weird as that sounds, like a <laughs> um, uh, player's value decreases a ton if they get injured, and if it's like a really bad injury and they probably won't play the same ever again. Like you know, there are mm-hmm. unfortunately cases like that. So you don't, you wouldn't want to make a trade real early, and then he gets injured. And then all of a sudden, you're in a, the, the trade is just a bust. Now all of a sudden, so and of course it's it's hard to control that. Even at the trade deadline, that that stuff happens all the time. But mm-hmm. um, that's an an attempt to kind of avoid situa- situations like that, as as well as I'm sure other situations where they're trying to gauge uh, um, a player's value just by based on their playing throughout the season type thing. Um, so there's a lot of factors to that, but You're Brian, right.
0: nope. you think it's procrastinating, actually.
2: Well, so I think a part of it is just, like, we're, they want to wait until the last minute to field as many offers for a player as possible. Sure. That's okay. Okay. And so a lot of teams do their due diligence going back to, like, you know, the beginning of the season. Like Jacob said, they keep an eye on a player. And sometimes I feel like it would take, like, all the way until the very end to hear out every team and kind of assess every package for a certain player. Um, but it just turns out that it's like a big spectacle, right? That it's uh, the NBA trade deadline, you know, starting in the morning on Thursday, like calls are coming in, but you know, around lunchtime is where you start to see like the big names like pop up and you're like, Whoa, like right at the, I, I think t- like yesterday, right at the deadline, like there was like two or three that went through like at one fifty. 150, oh, 155 that got and the de- deadlines at two, I think I said, yep. but like right at the very end and they're just flying in and you're just like, wow, like. These people's lives change instantly. Instantly, you know. Yeah,
0: because I would assume like the people are living like L.A. or maybe living in in Colorado yeah. or whatnot. And like, hey, now you're going over to Atlanta. You're going up to uh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah,
2: and sometimes you don't even know that you're going to be traded. Like, Do the players
0: have any say in this?
2: Um, well, that's something that's kind of interesting about the NBA and nowadays. I feel like players are starting to gain more power as to like where they decide. They can kind of like strong arm their way into being traded into a certain team. And I, I find that really interesting because nowadays there are some players that will say, "Sure, trade me," but I want to go like to X, Y, and Z places. And the teams are like, "I mean, well, we don't have to listen to you," but they they still do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a it's it's almost like a change in the culture of the NBA that this is happening nowadays, where players seem to hold a lot more power than they did before. It's very I, interesting. I I personally think it's you know it's good they're making so much money off of you. As a player and using your likeness and all these things, I mean granted they are paying you a lot, mm-hmm. and it could leave a sour taste in a lot of like you know executive people's mouths that' like oh this player like is forcing his way out of here, and that can you know that can reflect a lot on the player and his commitment to the team and whatnot, but sometimes it's just a better situation for everyone to to let somebody go to where they want to go,
3: yeah,
1: and I think uh well, I wouldn't know too much about um uh, like exactly why this would be the case, but I've, I've heard, um, that, you know, maybe in the, in the near future, maybe in like 10 years or so that I feel like players might get like a lot more power than we see now. And it just becomes a point where it's like, these guys will just like make their own league or something. It's like, well, we want we don't want to play in the NBA or something, you know, something crazy mm-hmm. that sounds crazy right now it's like we don't want to play in the nba like you know you guys are making all these rules for us and having us move around everywhere we're we'll just make our own league type thing and just, or or like a union's i don't know so um yeah the, the players do they have a lot more power now but i mean like you said um there is still that aspect where people get tossed around from team to team and they don't know until the day of and they got to go if they got to catch a plane that same day mm-hmm. or something pack their bags. Sell their multi-million-dollar house or something.
0: I mean, I'm thinking like the families. I'm assuming oh, yeah. the, these players you know, they have families, of yep. kids that are at school, yep. and all that, and wives who are making a, a living and a life of where they live. And geez, they just got to pack up. That just you know what that feels like, like like trading cards, like Pokemon trading cards. Yeah. you know, just like oh hey, you have um this this two players. I want this one player. okay, give play, yep. trade go, and it's just like like pieces of paper.
3: Yeah, you
1: know? I mean that's like you know it, it does sound like your putting like you're you're taking away the human aspect of these but like that's what they're signing up for and they're making a ridiculous amount of money it's like it's a given that there's a chance maybe more so in some players than others that you will be passed around um so um i feel like players just like accept that and say you know it is it is a tough part of the job but it is you know they say it is just business you know type thing a lot of players <laughs> say so
2: oh yeah those like salty like tweets yeah it's like else.
1: oh it is just business at the end of the day that, yeah right they, <laughs> they're they just really mad like, that they got pissed bro we
2: yeah, know you, like.
3: we get it dude, yeah <laughs> it, so.
2: it is it is crazy though like to think that like some players won't have a heads up at all like you know, there's some players early earlier in the season, their names being thrown around in, like, the trade conversation. Like, oh, this dude wants to leave. Like, we could see him being moved at the deadline. But there's other guys who are just like, ah, you know what? We need another player. We'll include you in the package. You're on your way, son. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, all of a sudden, I mean, there's, and there's, like, there's guys who have been on, like, 10 different teams before. And then they've been all over the country. I mean, like, I, I wonder how their lives are when it comes to, like, setting up or, like, knowing... Is this gonna be here? Am I gonna be here to stay, or will I just be shipped off next March? Yeah, or sure. I'm, I don't think it's normally in March. I might be, but yeah, you know. Yeah,
0: Ryan, you were talking about Woj and his power to just get information really quickly. I've seen his name pop up so many times on the front page of Reddit. I thought that guy was like a some sort of NBA higher up or like commissioner type person, but he's a news he's a news reporter. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. He. He kind of like got really popular and just like in the age of Twitter, like when it became more prevalent and mainstream, like he actually wasn't even at ESPN before. I think he came from Yahoo and everyone was just like, who is this guy and how does he know all these things? Like (laughs) we need him on our team. And so he came over to ESPN and he's just like the cornerstone of like all NBA news, like Mm -hmm. throughout the season. Uh, And he is like, honestly, he's like a a meme, like I would say.
1: Bit of a meme. And I, I find his role very interesting because of course I, you know, I can't discount the the work that he's done to to get to that position you know I'm sure he's worked real hard to get that news and get that scoop you know before any other reporter but his position there right now it's like you know his, his basketball like every once in a while he does like a he has like a panel where he just like talks about what he thinks about the league or something. It's like pretty bad takes. It's just, like, you know, it's it's like, okay, dude, yeah, we get <laughs> like it. No one actually cares about no what one, he's no saying. No, one cares <laughs> what he actually like his thoughts about the uh, about the sport, about the players, um, but it's he's just like the go-to guy when you want to like, I don't know. I uh, I'm I would imagine like uh like a team owner or like GM or something just like tells him or maybe it's directly to him or something. I have no idea how I it works. I have no clue how that or maybe works. Or like, maybe, uh, um, maybe like managers of players potentially. I don't know. There. So in, in other words, he has just become the cornerstone of news. And um, I guess the point I was trying to make is like I, he, he got a lot of work. he done a lot of work to, to get to that point. But like a lot of people could be doing that. It's just like, hey, tweeting out this guy does, is moving here type mm-hmm. thing. So. Is
0: he reliable? Is he very reliable? Like, oh, everything he tweets yeah, out it, is pretty much true? Very or very reliable. Does he have mistakes in that? Because you're, you're saying that he's really fast. He's really fast at what he does. First person to tweet about news. But I would, my intuition would say a lot of those tweets, a lot of those things he would say would be inconsistent because sometimes you know, when the stories develop, it's not like he said, she said, not a lot of confirmed things. He's just kind of throwing things out there. And then later
1: he would edit with details. Um, I'm not I don't recall him ever being like wrong
2: yeah so I think he he has like at times limited knowledge of what's actually going on but it's like correct so he'll say for example like oh this player is going to this team and you're just like okay that's the news we care about but then he'll follow up maybe later as he learns more about the deal The, the deal itself was you know these players and these picks for this other player that like no one cared about in the, in the oh, original sure. trade okay. yeah so for the most part and, and it's something i really respect for, like him as like a journalist and like all the work that he does is that like he he is like always right you know he, yeah. he's like he has good sources and like him and shams like are both like always like on the cutting edge of everything like mm-hmm. and there's another person that's like in the mix now i actually don't remember their name but uh it's like pretty much those three are always like on top of everything and you know as details come out they inform you and so a lot of people appreciate that
1: so you see a lot of just like bad uh uh, bad takes in in news and you you sometimes question if uh something is reliable or not something is something's fake news or or, you know actual real news um it's refreshing to see people like Woj and Shams like just actually presents like the new like actual good news like and they don't they don't try to sugarcoat anything they provide what's actually real at that time yeah I mean I mean what well, like Brian said it sounds like that what you guys care about people who are in the
0: NBA care about is yeah. just who's going where mm-hmm. and I would assume Woe's just tweets like you know this guy's going to this team yep
2: right yep just, yeah instantly like hundreds of th- like almost a hundred thousand likes on some of his tweets so like <laughs> I I'd say on average like thirty forty. Like almost within like minutes, I'm like, whoa, like, that's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And they're I mean, they it's funny, kind of funny how it's like even like a trademark thing. It's called like a Woj bomb. Woj bomb. Woj bomb. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a Woj bomb. <laughs> Dropped it right on our heads. Like yeah. nobody had a clue, but but he did. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's funny that we like we're we're just talking about the trade deadline, but like come free agency, those are even crazier because those there's like no speculation. Like people don't really know where people are gonna go. Like, trade deadlines are like, oh, yeah, this team needs this player. Like, they, their names have been in the mix for a bit. But, like, when it's free agency and players are deciding where they want to go and Woz just drops it out of nowhere, Everyone's everyone loses their mind. Like, it's yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> and for the, uh, I guess, the person who doesn't follow the NBA, like, for me – Uh, well for me i don't yeah well yeah Yeah. so so the reason i really enjoy these times where players get kind of tossed around in my in the comfort of my own home where i don't move an inch right (laughs) um uh these these players have like vivid personalities and they're very very like it's it's very subject to like a lot of i guess drama a lot of um Whether it's positive or negative drama, like amazing team chemistry or very very toxic team chemistry, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and seeing those stories develop where like a player wants out, it's like it's like oh like it's it's like uh, it's like a soap opera. It's it's you know it's It's like 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 your version of The Bachelor. Yes, absolutely, and I'm (laughs) I'm I love every second of it to be honest. So, um, seeing a player go to a destination. That may, so, I mean, my favorite ones are when uh, a player is, like, mad. Like, they they don't like the team that they're in. And they want this, this, and this location, like Brian described. And they get tossed to some trash, like, some trash team. <laughs> like, the Pelicans. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah they, I mean, they just get sent to, like. <laughs> the, the nether realm. Yeah, the yeah. nether <laughs> realm. Just, like, the worst organization not to be televised ever again. Like, like hot take that. You shouldn't have been bad. Yeah, should exactly. So, it's, like, it, that. that's a nice little cathartic moment. Mm. Like, I get, you know.
0: Yeah, but then okay, well then that's funny, but I guess on the flip side too, like these are humans with
1: human lives. But and, and, listen, like if you're gonna like if you're gonna have such an ego, like I want out, like like well, I mean, oh, wait, there, you're, there's, so you're
0: are you talking about like the position, like people are like
1: I'm such a good player, I should be playing for this team because I'm so yeah, good. yeah. Th- well, so there there is that where their ego is just so massive, and they like they feel obligated or, or they feel entitled rather, sure, to, to like be entitled, in a better yeah. position. Um, but there is actually some cases where like. The management just is bad.
0: Do you have any like uh, good stories of that? Of like a player being like outspoken, like obviously being super entitled and not really worth what he's talking about, and he just he gets sent into like another well, realm.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of people, uh, when they talk that way, they actually are kind of worth that. I, I feel like a lot of the cases there are like really good players. Um, man, I'm trying to think of like the case. Well they like the big one of the bigger players that got shifted around was like james harden recently mm-hmm. who went to that's the beard guy that's right? the beard guy he was like in the rockets for a long time and then he just like kind of had a fit that's the guy fun. with the
0: meme he's in an interview and like he asked a question with the microphone he has a little eye roll and it kind of moves away
1: yeah, right? yeah that's yeah. A classic classic one yeah <laughs> um but in that case he actually went to like what is like it's going to be a most likely a championship contending team so it's like it, it worked out pretty well for him I can't think of like a player, you know. I brought up the example of like him, someone going to the Nether, until like to the Shadow Realm or something. But I, I mean, maybe like Russ uh, Westbrook after like he just like got sent to Washington, um, just randomly. Such a good yeah, player, but
2: that's a good example, I guess. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about like a, a former MVP, best player of the in the league, arguably. Yeah, I mean that awards interesting sometimes, but mm-hmm. just like. That it wasn't the right fit on that team, and they just sent them to one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, uh, he didn't really. I didn't seem like he had like a huge ego about it or anything. No, he, I mean
1: he's uh, he's one of the... He, he's an interesting guy for me as a as a player. I love the way he plays, um, but. Um, there's also times where I hate the way he plays because like I just feel like he takes bad shots type. Thing. So that <laughs> in in that regard, I I'm kind of like on the fence about. But when it comes to him as a person, I think he's like actually pretty stand up guy. Sure. But yeah. so it's it kind of tough tough to see him in that situation. Yeah. But uh, anyway, well, yeah, I I bring up like the the vivid personalities and like the the reality TV show aspect because I just think it's such like a important part of the NBA and I um I hold a lot of value to that when I see certain players uh, uh, moving to other organizations, you know, it's like really exciting to see how these players are going to mesh together, not just on the court, but off the court as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing how, like, y- you'd be surprised how like one or two players added to a team can really change the, the culture. Like, going back to the culture conversation, um, you know, there's, of course, you get your big time leaders like the GMs, like, you know, these these old, old guys just like, you know, talking about, like how they're going to shift around players or whatever, you know. Um, but you get leaders within the team, like the actual players who are leaders as well. And, you know, a, ch- a couple changes in that can really shift the culture of the team. And, yeah, I just find that interesting too. So,
0: mm-hmm. so Brian, before we talked about this, you were kind of talking about, well, first of all, you love Twitter. That's oh, yeah. Stick. You're <laughs> a big fan of Twitter. It has
2: not changed since the first episode. Yeah. Jacob did not convince you. Sorry. The, uh, yeah, well – he didn't convince me
1: either. Let's just okay, say that. sure. Okay, I, okay. Yeah. okay.
0: okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, Brian, you love Twitter, and we're talking about kind of Twitter NBA stuff. But you are talking earlier about misinformation on Twitter.
2: Right? Oh yeah.
0: Now, what are your thoughts on that? Like the misinformation on Twitter? I don't I have no thoughts because I'm not on Twitter, so. Yeah. My so I mean,
2: I I don't think it's exclusive to Twitter. I think this happens on like every form of social media, and it and it's kind of sad because you know nowadays with how connected everybody is it's super easy for just speculation and just outright like just wrong information being spread from one person to another because really who is there to tell you that's that's not the case that it's like either correct or there might not be enough information on the situation and I feel like this is something that we've been experiencing a lot more lately when it comes to just like you know horrific disasters happening or just like tragedies that have Uh, unfortunately like gone on in our country over the last couple years like there's always such a rush to give your opinion to just say something about the topic without being like well informed and i really wonder like why that is like do people just want to be heard or do they like kind of i think we touched on this earlier like do they just want to be that person that was like i was the first person to do that i think
1: it's well actually i've what, I'm sorry, Dave. You yeah, I, I was gonna bring up an example that that comes to mind with just misinformation being so catastrophic. It was like you know last year was like the the Kobe Bryant tragedy, um, and alongside that, people were finding out who were trying to find out who were the other people on the plane. And Rick Fox was one of the people mentioned, right. who was like a an um, an ex uh, NBA player um, who was on the Lakers you know, time, well, friend ago. of Kobe's, yeah, friend mm-hmm. of Kobe's, and. Um, he just he was not on the plane and he's alive now. So people were sp- saying, "Yeah, Rick Fox was on that plane and he's he's dead." And I mean, imagine being Rick Fox at that moment, just getting bombarded mm-hmm. with like, "Yeah, like oh my god, I can't believe you're dead" or something like, you know, it's oh, a terrible. Or his family. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Imagine being yeah, <laughs> the family learning that news, freaking out, and then I don't know. It's yeah. It, it just just because one per. I mean, I don't even think the person who made that tweet like oh. Or that made that sort of news headline was like a major news network. No, no, just some random person, right? Yeah, and someone and it sees it, and
2: they, you know, they're not gonna really do their due diligence to right. like check that out because really, at, at that at that stage and all that all of those things unfolding, like nobody really knows. Nobody knew that his his daughter and all of his teammates or all of her teammates were on the plane as well, mm-hmm. or sorry, the helicopter. Yeah, we don't
0: spread information here, Jacob. It's I was gonna make that point. It's a helicopter, not a plane.
1: Did I say plane?
0: You said I plane. I'm,
2: I meant helicopter. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um. But just just like yeah, to go on to your point, like just how quickly things like that spread, and for a lot of people, including like Kobe's wife, like I'm pretty sure she found out, yeah, like o- through the internet, right. And I mean, when it's something like that high profile, like it's kind of hard for it not to be shared there first, because I mean, just like I'm sure people on the scene immediately and this is what kind of pisses me off about a lot of these things is like I'm sure there was a police officer somebody on the scene that got it out to the news outlets for no, a, a lump sum of
1: cash not yet well I was about to say not only just get it out but sell it to yeah. TMZ oh for mm-hmm. sure and that there was I think she filed a lawsuit yeah, for that and rightfully so
2: like that's despicable like journalism like that's awful and yeah. that happens so often and I couldn't even imagine how she must have felt learning about this on Twitter yeah like yeah. Ugh.
0: So. You, you don't want to go on Twitter and see... See those news. Yeah, no, you don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a relatable story, but not to that effect. I mean, um, uh, recently, a jazz giant passed away, Chick Corea, mm-hmm. and I found about that on a freaking circle jerk subreddit. <laughs> like A it's jazz just a circle jerk, yeah, meme. Terrible. And I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is a funny meme, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a is minute. Is this? No, and I Googled Chick Corea, boom. Yeah, Died. terrible. So, I, I mean, of course, that's not as, you know, despicable is finding you know that kind of news on, on like t- Twitter but um, it still it irks me you know and Brian you asked the question like the why like why why is this always this big rush for this information to be the first out there and I think it's part of the way social media works and also our the way that our brains are wired I'm gonna I'm gonna attack this in two angles the first angle like the way um, our brains are wired we all know that if we make a post or a tweet or whatnot, we get a lot of likes or upvotes or, or whatnot, favorites, whatever whatever the currency on the app may be. It feels good. It feels good that people press the like button and they showed your appreciation, the little thought you said, a little picture you posted. Like, that's a good little dopamine thing, you know? So it must be a good thing for reporters for sending out an article and they get a lot of shares, likes, and favorites. That might be like a uh, just a human response to get that engagement, there's that right there. I think the other thing, too, is these platforms are set up in a way that if you're the first person to get this information out, you have more opportunity for the money, right? You're going to have like the big news corporations contact you for stories. Um, the way these platforms are set up, that the more likes, upvotes, favorites you get, the farther up the timeline that post is going to go more people are going to see you and that can also lead to more people following you. So you can have more business opportunities in the future. It all kind of comes back to that, that kind of money thing, those incentives to be the first, right? Those two factors, I think of how these platforms are designed and just kind of the way our brains are naturally wired contribute to the fact that sometimes people are just, they're just assholes and they want to get news out like really fast and they can,
1: Break some hearts the, on, along the way. Yeah, it's a deadly combination. You're right. I think that's a good analysis of it. Now, like, Jacob, you're the psychologist. I am the and psychologist. You're the stats guy too. I can't, am the can't, stats can't, guy. Can't
0: forget, but we're we're going to the psychology part right here. Yeah. You can throw some stats in if you want. I don't know. But sure.
1: <laughs> I I did. I well, I'm proud of the stats that I brought <laughs> already before. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> what what are your thoughts on like the psychology behind that? <sighs> it's very it's very tough because yeah, you mentioned just like the way social media is just designed. It's, it's, like, bite-sized content brought to you. And um, I feel like a lot of that, I mean, whether or not it's, like, something worth, like, blaming the consumer, but is a lot of it's on the consumer, too. It's, like, people just don't care if it's, like, content that's, like, that's done its due diligence or something. It's, con- you know, to them it's content that they're consuming and they want to consume it. Like, I mean, for me, I, I can uh, say the same where um, – when 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 that Kobe incident happened I was trying to take in anything because I just well for one I couldn't even believe it happened I was trying to find any sort of news saying that it was fake and um and you know and just as more piling out like information was piling out um you know I I take anything and I did see the Rick Fox thing I was like wow that sucks that he went too so I I took that and I just kind of assumed that that was true um in the heat of the moment type thing, I didn't even bother um, really questioning that as much as I did with the Kobe thing, right? But um, uh, it's like a lot of that is on, based on like the platform it's on, maybe if it's like, maybe it's on a, a newspaper or something, you would kind of assume that, like, like you, you, you can, um, how you say it? Like all the information is like laid out for you, like the actual, um, the explanation to the news story or something, it's all um, presented to you. Um, very evenly and very thoroughly. Um, as for social media, it's like so many different sources, so many different uh, people, in, in bite-sized um, formats that it's really tough to try and try and gauge like a situation as it's coming out. So it's very it, it's very tough. And a psychological aspect, it's like all hell breaks loose when <laughs> a new when a story drops. Right? Sure. Yeah.
2: Ah, oh, man, it's it really sucks to see sometimes because just like just knowing how harmful something as simple as like a retweet can be into either fueling some sort of agenda some sort of like you know anything that you can that you want to do to like sway a person to believe something it's as simple as doing like that action of sharing it to other people yeah and you know I, i i really pride myself on like doing my due diligence on a lot of things before i like react or even have an opinion on it because i feel like because of the way something like twitter works it's like it's an open place for you to share your thoughts on things um and a lot of times like with the way viral tweets work like they'll just show up on your timeline whether or not somebody like interacted with it or not like i'll see something and i'm just like Nah, there's no way that's true like there's yeah i I look it up i'm like yeah this person's like bsing like they have no clue what the heck they're talking about but other people like they they might not have that sort of time or mindset and like i've even had like things shared to me by like some friends i'm just i look at it i'm like oh man you should have just like google searched it once like this is like this is just not right or i don't know where you heard this from like like, oh you know my friend sent it to me and this person got it from this i'm like all right well that that kind of screwed everyone along along the process so Mm -hmm. i don't know what you can really do like I I think something that was pretty interesting that happened over the last election cycle w- was what Twitter did to to Trump's account. Mm. Like they flagged each tweet saying like some sort of disclaimer that the information may or like may contain like false information or this claim is un unverified or unsubstantiated. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, whoa! Like a company that's going to those lengths to do that to, I guess in a way protect consumers like. I feel like people are going to have very mixed thoughts on that when it comes to policing the internet and the information that's being spread.
1: Another example, I think on YouTube, any mention of coronavirus, there's like a little message at the bottom yeah. that like, "here's information about the virus type thing. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing with, I know they do that with like the moon landing and such. Oh, they do? They do, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Like, I watched a video that's about like the Saturn V rockets and then a little w- Wikipedia articles like linked. Oh, on there you go. YouTube says so okay. like, you know, the moon landing was real. You can read about
1: it right here, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all right. That, that's yeah. A, <laughs> all right, all right. Right. And, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure <it> was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that I mean that's yeah. It's interesting that those. T- I think those are positive lengths. But again, there's just always going to be people at which, whether or not we want to try and like make it like a, you know, a hundred percent of the human population is all together when when they're doing their due diligence on on social media or something. It's, it's going to be hard to go to that length, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah
2: but it's it's more on us as consumers and as people with brains that can think (laughs) (laughs) to really like think about what you're doing on the internet and Mm. I, i honestly think it's really important because like as someone that's like really passionate about a lot of issues and like just seeing that these a lot of communities that are being affected in these nowadays like nowadays that they get like the justice they deserve it's important to like know the details about what you're talking about and to have like those sort of conversations with facts you know yeah like it's super easy to like support someone that's you know they can be saying a good thing right you can be on their side but a lot of times like if it's not rooted in anything that is real i mean you're kind of losing the meaning there and like people just making stuff up to fit a certain like agenda or motive is not going to help anybody
0: Mm -hmm two things I want to say about this. One, I noticed I'm a total hypocrite because early in the podcast, I said I read an article about... <laughs> you <wrote> the headline. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, I didn't <laughs> hey, listen, you know, what? Listen. Like listen. Uh, d- okay, that's like a kind of podcast joke yeah, thing right there, but don't, be, don't do what I do. Le- do what I say, not what I do, okay? So yeah, I realize I'm a hypocrite. I'm we sorry. We do that I, I for, just, for
3: fun. We do it for fun.
0: For, yeah. yeah. I mean, for, that was a fun headline. was it comedy, comedy, Yeah, that was comedy. Take okay. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, on a more serious level, Brian, I love what you said about like... Um, you're a very opinionated person, and y- y- I-, I feel this, too. Whenever I get um, angry about something, I read something that, like, makes me angry, or even, like, if I'm driving, somebody cuts me off, or if I'm just having a bad day out in town, like, I go to, like, an appointment, but it's I'm waiting for, for 30 minutes, and, like, nothing's happening, you know. My time's being wasted. You can feel that anger kind of bubble up inside you. I don't know if you guys can feel that, but I can feel that. When you get angry, when you get kind of the word, I love Jacob, he's a tilted a little bit, you know. <laughs> You feel that, <laughs> yeah. and you, your thought cycle is not rational, and that is where the damage can happen when you say things. You know, it's so important to when you do get these feelings of anger or tiltingness. I don't know what word I would use <laughs> tiltingness. there. Tiltingness. Never you, heard of that one before. When Paul. you do feel you, that tilting. is
1: that is the first time that word's been ever been. Yeah, never on this planet. You heard it here
0: first. Also, welcome to the VIP section. Welcome. But when you do feel angry, don't take action i think it's better for you to just calm down gather more information and make a more informed opinions use your brain instead of just firing off tweets or firing off opinions or firing off things from anger because that can get you in trouble in the future i mean it's easier said than done of course because in the moment you you want to act on that anger you want to you want to go but it's it's not the best idea
1: yeah i could agree with that um i'm sure there's definitely cases where that anger is justified, um, but yeah, like Paul said, there there can be, you know, words or, or or things, tweets being made that don't truly reflect what you're trying to say, mm-hmm. um, and I think it is important to whether sleep on the idea or just take a moment to.
0: I mean, this is all situational too. I mean, there might be some situations where you do have to make a stance and. You could, you know, maybe edit your tweet in the morning or whatnot. Maybe not edit, but like follow up, like you know, guys, I'm sorry, I said some things. I was yeah. a little extreme what I said, but you know, the core statement of what I said is still rings true. Like this X needs to stop, or this needs to start doing this, or whatever it may be. You mm-hmm. know, but it's all situational.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: I think it's like important nowadays to like really encourage people to like be okay with sitting with your feelings. And yeah, because yeah. I feel like there's such a just like an urgency when it comes to like oh, like, you need to get your statement out, right? You and that's need to, what
0: Twitter promotes, this the instant access to open up the app and just boom. Tweet.
2: Yeah, like, just tweet. And, I mean, those people that kind of use Twitter as, like, a stream of consciousness, like, I don't really have an issue with because a lot of times, like, you un- you understand that, right? Like, they're kind of reacting to things as they're happening. But I think when it comes to more, like, I guess, like, pressing issues that affect, like, maybe, you know, certain communities, there's a lot of information that you take in and, like, kind of, like I said, like, you take your time to like really piece it up and like look at what's going on. Like there shouldn't be a rush on people to like just say something to like, oh, I want to hear your thoughts about it or like I see a lot of times with celebrities and a lot of this is very justified. They'll say like, oh, you're not using your platform to speak out against an issue. And like, you know, a lot of times they are right. Like, why haven't you said anything? Like you're somebody in this community, like you have a lot of influence. But I guess for other people, like maybe there isn't so much of a rush to like influence other people. Maybe it's like, you know, it's OK to sit with your feelings and think about these things, how they make you feel. And if you feel like you want to share, great. And like it might it might mean something to somebody else. But other times, like if you don't if you don't want to say anything, like keep that to yourself. And that's what I do. I never tweet. And I just take in information and I like have conversations off like off the app with my friends like yep. i try to educate them on something that i learned about for example like you know um but like i i don't use my platform per se but i do use like the good parts of it where like i can take in this information hear other people out and kind of come to my own conclusions and do with that like what i will you know
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i think it is most important to kind of share with your friends and family these ideas like you know there's always got to be people who are um, there, there's a word that I can't think of, but like pressure you to make a certain stance uh, publicly on social media where it's, you know, whether it's like a, a post or just like a tweet in, in solidarity of some movement or some events. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having conversations, though, with your friends and family is very, very crucial. I know that, you know, some of my, uh, you know, my family shares some opinions that would be a, a, a quite a bit different from my, my college uh, uh, college peers, you know, who kind of share similar beliefs on things and, you know, having those conversations, while they can be uncomfortable at times, they, um, they're they very, very important. And yeah. I feel a lot more impactful than just kind of um, while it may be the right thing, just kind of do like a hive mind, just like send of like a um, whatever, like a tweet or Instagram post, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just having conversations is something that people don't do enough, I think. yeah. So.
0: One final thought I just had. Um, so Brian, you're talking about like being educated and right. knowing um, like what's real and what's fake out there. and that kind of got me thinking back to like our time in elementary school. Jacob, I think you can probably relate to this. We all went to elementary school in the 2000s, mid2000s, mm-hmm. late 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah, about the mid to late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, mid to late two thousands, and at that time the world we didn't have iPhones. There was no was Twitter thing back then. Maybe mm, I mean if it was, it was a really baby earlier. thing, and yeah, it wasn't like really, we weren't old enough to use it exactly. And it was like it was a baby thing. It wasn't that influential. Like all the news was you know, TV news, media news, articles you would find online. I mean, even the internet was still kind of in its baby, like infancy mm. in the in the two thousands. The point I'm trying to get at. I remember taking classes. In we're not taking classes, but being in classroom settings in elementary school, where we would look at different articles and we would try to find, you know, w- what would make this article um, like legitimate or what sure. wouldn't. I mean, th- I think this also happened in middle school too. But the point I'm trying to make is that we were educated on these things in school, and this education doesn't really hold up nowadays because the world's just essentially like exponentially. Yeah, changed exponentially. Ex- yeah. It changed exponentially. So I don't know if this is happening nowadays. It might be a fantastic idea to maybe implement some sort of curriculum into like how can you tell if this meme is real or not? Or I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a funny example, but like context clues for tweets, context clues for Facebook groups, context clues for um, things you would see on Reddit. I think these things are really important because our young generations are being influenced by these websites, you know, and just having those knowledge and those skills. Because essentially, and I think nowadays. I, to me it's just somebody could just say on the internet hey guys um i'm a trustworthy person and they give like a a really shady reason why because my dad works at this company and you have no like (laughs) you know like no idea how to confirm that my dad is bill gates yeah (laughs) Yeah, my dad works (laughs) yeah he (laughs) will he will ban you (laughs) he'll (laughs) ban you on xbox yeah but i think that 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 is a i think that should if it isn't being implemented i think that would be a fantastic idea some sort of like internet not culture education but internet you know etiquette and education i think it's a
1: like a actually really good idea like we we get that sort of um, treatment in college like when it comes to just like
0: uh, critical thinking
1: i guess well uh, i'm i'm more thinking of like um, like college papers like actual, acta- stuff. academic academic yeah. yeah but it
0: starts man it's you got to start them young you know you got to start them young to get that critical yeah, thinking sure. now i mean i'm not trying to advocate for thinking to the one way of the political spectrum or the other way but giving them the tools to find the truth in all the bs that is on either of those sides you know Mm,
1: absolutely yeah and i think that's very crucial and um yeah the 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 lessons we take um could probably be applied to social media but understanding that you know there is stuff out there that you need to uh avoid or or try to understand that it is fake or not you know uh (laughs) having that sort of mindset. Because I feel like some people just don't have that mindset. Like, you know, sometimes my mom comes to me and is like hey, Jacob, did you see this? I'm like, mom, that's literally the onion. Like, what are you do you doing? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like, God. <laughs> um, so it, some people just don't understand that, like, there are some people, whether it's, like, out of maliciousness or just pure, pure satire in that example, yeah. um, they do provide fake news. Um, so, you know, it is... Some people just need to develop that mindset. And I think that's a great point, Paul, where, you know, in this new era that we're in, I think people at an early age should start to understand that.
0: Yeah, to have an elementary school class on Twitter, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know it's it sounds kind of funny, but I do think that would lead people into that critical thinking. Because I, I do know people, I, well, I don't think I know people, but I, w- I think it's very safe to assume that there's people out there who their thought process is. I saw something on Facebook or I saw something on Twitter Therefore, it's real. Why would somebody lie on the internet? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like source, dude. Trust me, dude.
0: Just, yeah. trust me. just trust me on this one. Or yeah, the source. Like another thing that I, I see too that's just like it's another like kind of like a head scratcher too is that as you all know I, I spent a lot of time on Reddit and whenever people they like they ask for a source they would just drop a link right and if somebody just sees a blue link they're like oh yeah good. oh yeah he's got it he's yeah. got it yeah. yeah and no one actually takes the next step to like I mean like I said I'm a f- hypocrite like I don't often do that too. And I need to, you know, learn from my own talking points. But, you know, you, you see an article or you see, like, a comment, like, saying something and somebody says, oh, source, and they drop a link. But I never bothered to check it. So yeah, right. I'm, I'm part of the problem. I'm admitting that I'm a part of the problem. Sure.
2: I think we're all guilty of that in some way, you know. Yep. But something I was going to add, and kind of Jacob touched on this, like, I feel like we're not even the group that needs it the most. It's our freaking parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all like, day. Like, my dad will show me something on Facebook. And I'm just like, like, how do people even come up with this? Like, this is like next level, like, just delusional, like, news that I've seen. And like, I, I don't think he necessarily believes it, but when he shows me it or like makes mention of it, I'm just like, like, Dad, you can't be on this, on this, on here anymore. Like, these people are like trying to scam you or something.
0: I don't know. I mean, it makes sense because they didn't have any internet education no. classes when they were kids, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah they. I mean, it's really like uncharted waters for them. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, like. I don't know if I've, like, I, I feel like I might have mentioned this to you guys before, but, like, my dad's been scammed quite a few times oh on, no. on the internet. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, him not knowing then, like, because pe- people are really good at what they do nowadays. Nowadays, so when it comes it's to gotten scams, really good. Yeah. Like, you see an email that's saying, like, oh, like, I'm the prince of Nigeria back in the day. You're just <laughs> like, ha, you know, good try. But <laughs> but nowadays, they, like, scare you real well, man. They're like, oh, like, we have we have access to this. This is your email. Like, this is your whatever username. You're just like whoa i have to send them the money right now yeah yeah it's it's just it's just a matter of being careful and like especially with our parents like i I try my best to like educate my dad on like yeah you know you maybe shouldn't buy anything off a link on on facebook (laughs) or like even like message these random people that like add you or something that you don't know like there's a lot of
1: hidden just rules about um the internet like you you click one link on YouTube uh, in the YouTube comment section. You learn real quick as a kid, like okay, yeah, that's, mm. that's a bad time. <laughs> yeah, breaks like, your computer. Yeah, your computer. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing that ever again. And um, you know, every once in a while, my mom still does, it, and she gets like, oh, there's this one. I was so happy that we we evaded this. It like it kind of blocked out the browser, and it just like full screened it, so you couldn't really x out of it. And it was just like this flashing warning. You must type in, you know, your something credit card information or here's the phone number that you have to call. Um and I just like control W'd it and it closed out and it was like nothing ever happened. I was <laughs> <She> like <talk? laughs> I was so happy. I was so happy that I found the workaround for that. I was like, Mom, come on, don't click on random links. Like is yeah. So anyway, uh this is a pretty solid podcast, man. We we I mean time flew on this one yeah. for me personally. Oh, sure so we're, we're reaching the end here and as always i mean if you're new here i mean welcome first of all uh but uh we always like to give a music recommendation at the very end all right then
0: i'll start off this recommendation so i'm going to take a, a little step back I normally recommend jazz so i'm going to recommend something that is not jazz um weather's getting warmer and I'm going back to one of my favorite albums of all time, Let's Get It On, Deluxe Edition. Nice. I mean, Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On, is a fantastic album by itself, but like I said, there's a fantastic album on Spotify. It has a deluxe edition. has a bunch of extra tracks, and honestly, I don't know. I I should know this, so my bad. I don't know this, but I don't know if this was a song that was released on another album. They just added on to it, or if it was like an actually unreleased version of a song. I have no idea, but the song's fantastic. I love it. It is called... Symphony undubbed version. Okay. So the name is Symphony and then it's like the little version. Um like line. I don't know what you call that. Hyphen, right? Yes. Hyphen so, yeah. undubbed version. Very good. It's a jam. It's a jam. And the music on the on that album, um, let's get it on like the Lux Edition, is kind of the type of music that I'm trying to emulate when it comes down to when I'm making songs on like garage band. Really simple stuff. Drums, guitar, bass, vocals. I mean I have all those instruments besides drums, but you know, MIDI works just fine. And I
1: like that style. And Jacob, as you know, I made a song for your birthday. Oh, you know? of course I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a brilliant song. He put a lot of work into it and got a lot of people talking on it, uh, sharing their wishes. And Paul, Paul took a it took a lot of time to make that too, and it was I, very. I did quite quite honestly one of the best gifts I've ever gotten for a birthday so
2: thank yeah, you Jay you I go. appreciate that should have let you. me rap <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just spit some bars over there. next that. year we'll do that next, next year, year yeah, but
0: nonetheless to make this song edition kind of a, little, a little short I'm inspired by this album to make music like that and this is one of the songs that uh, really inspires me because the changes are fantastic and the feels fantastic Marvin Gaye sings great I love it it's a good song uh, Symphony I'm version off of Marvin Gaye Let's Get It On Deluxe Edition Okay. there it is and also it's a great song to listen to this song very good
1: uh i'll go next i got a track by um this group called the cocktail twins i don't even know if that's how you pronounce it spelled c-o-c-t-e-a-u twins there you go um uh, an album came out in 1990 it really sounds like 1990s uh, uh pop music as well and it's really got this uh shoegaze element to it as well which i've um it took a long time for me to kind of grow with that genre. And if you don't know what shoegaze is, it's kind of interesting the the name shoegaze. I learned this recently, so I'm going to share this and feel so special sharing it. Uh, the name shoegaze comes from uh, these like alternative rock groups um, when they're when they're playing live and sharing their awesome new sounds. They're staring, at, they're gazing at their shoes, quite literally stopping on their effects pedals constantly, right? And that's the coin, the term oh, that was coined, from, okay, um, you know, it. viewers of the concert, are like what the heck's going on? Like, you know, there's no interaction at all with the, with the crowd here. They're just literally staring at their feet, like <laughs> stomp, stomping on pedals, right? So uh, while it may sound like a pretentious, like sort of like, oh, here's the sick effect pedal that I bought the other day on this new record, um... What it creates on this record here, it's called Heaven or Las Vegas is the name of the, the record. Um, creates this really atmospheric and warm sort of tone in this what is essentially like a dream pop record that mm-hmm. came out on, in, in the early 90s. Um, the song I'm going to recommend that just really just just put a smile on my face today. Uh, it was called Heaven or Las Vegas. And it just got these beautiful, the the twins, I think this two female vocalists that just stunning vocals on this, just on top of some lush chords coming out of guitars and and just like really pretty sounds that just come together and and have this really awesome 90s feel to it um if you want some sort of just warm soothing music i would recommend the whole album but i would start with track number five at heaven or las vegas by the cocktail twins
2: oh that's a great listen
1: nice there you
2: go uh for my song i'd be surprised if a lot of you have not heard of this song but ever since this song came out the musical stylings of bruno mars and mm-hmm. anderson peck oh yeah. known as silk sonic i've been like obsessed with this song like it was like honestly one of the biggest breaths of, or yeah breaths of fresh air there yeah go. there we go there we go <laughs> i was i see even when i when i think about the damn song i i lose my words <laughs> like i'm a huge fan of old school r&b like legal, i listen to the 90s a lot Uh, and some of like those inspirations that they that they got from that even like going back to Motown like this song like really brought me back to a time where I wasn't even alive Mm. Uh, and it was just something that I feel like I really needed like I love both of those artists uh, and I think they're like at the top of their game and they have been for quite some time them two together really produced some magic that I honestly did not see coming I knew it would be good but damn like i Every time I listen to this song, I'm just like I'm still shocked that that this this is something that we're gonna be getting as an album, hopefully soon yeah i mean they they released two tracks so far, but Oh, leave there the was a second one. Well, the the first one was just like an intro. Oh, okay. Uh, it was just like a quick, like little intro. Was one. that
0: the one that like the video, like uh, the music video with them all in the studio and like the girls were in like the. Oh, the, that the
2: that's others. the actual song. That's the actual song. Yeah, okay. but the intro is just like a little like instrumental with Bootsy Collins voiceover. Okay. And if you're not familiar with Bootsy Collins, oh, a l- absolute legend, bass yeah. player. Yeah. Um, going back to was it James Brown? Yes. Yeah, yeah. going back to those days. And I'm so glad that he's got these two people on on this project. It's gonna be a classic. I'm telling you now. Yeah, these I can't wait. these two artists and their level of musicianship is through the roof. And I'm so excited to hear what they have to offer for us. And you know, it's nice to go back and kind of get these vibes from from two great artists. It's so. fresh,
0: Brian. I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, when that song dropped, Jacob let me know about that, and I checked it out, and I was like, "Wow, this is like the music that I love. Like that stuff. Like I like recommend it. That Motown from the '70s." I love that. But that was like that, but with a modern twist. And I'm not like, I would much rather listen to old music than new music, but that was like a perfect bridge for myself to kind of get into that kind of style. Oh, yeah. So uh, there's probably not a lot of people out there like that. But if you're a person like that who loves the oldies, check out that song Brian recommended. It's a it's a bop. Yeah. It's a great bridge to like old and new. It's right. done, I think, very, done. it's done at a high level. I don't know what else to say.
1: Yeah. So well, there excellent. you go. That is that is episode thirty two all wrapped up in a nice little mm-hmm. bow. Wow, that was a very good episode. If you would want to actually, well, yeah, you could uh tell,
0: send Jacob a DM, tell him happy birthday. Of course, it's gonna be a belated birthday.
1: It's all right. I'll all I'll, right. I'll gladly accept it and and greatly appreciate those texts. I mean, twenty three years old now. Wow, I'm <laughs> just a, a crinkly old man at this point.
2: Absolute boomer. <laughs> Absolute boomer. That's
0: right. So one more time. Happy birthday, Jacob. Thanks, man. Happy birthday, my guy. Thanks for doing a podcast on your birthday. Of course. I wouldn't have it any other way.
3: Yeah,
2: what else is this guy going to do? I got nothing. I got nothing,
0: dude. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Inside Podcast. We really do appreciate it. We will catch you on the next episode. Don't forget to listen to this um, indoors. Have a good evening, morning, and afternoon, as long as it's inside. Thank Thank you. Signing off.
3: No.